anytime you go to litigate, you're hurt, you're upset, you feel like you've been wronged for whatever reason, and there's a lot of emotions there. And I can tell you right now, as someone who's dealt with this, those emotions will cost you dearly every single time. Welcome to Access Points, the podcast where we discuss the tools, habits, and ideas that can help you achieve and maintain the leadership mindset so you can reach peak performance. Are you ready for your all-access pass to some of the top minds on the topic of leadership? Let's get started. Good afternoon to our listeners and welcome back to the Access Points Podcast. Davin Marceau, Chief Operating Officer with Access eForms. And I'm here today with our owner and CEO, Mr. Tim Elliott. Hello, Davin. How you doing, buddy? I'm really good. Thank you. Thanks we, for asking. We haven't seen much of each other lately. It's like it's, you're, you're on vacation. I'm on vacation. Just a, Those aren't bad things. I'd, yeah, I'll tell you what. You know, like there's, there's nothing like a quiet office to be able to get some work done around this place. Uh, it reminds me of a quick story of uh, a, several, several years ago, I took a 30-day vacation with my family. And that's still the largest revenue month we've had in the history of the company was, was the time that I left for 30 days. So, um, I should learn by that and just leave for six months at a time, but that's not the way it works. Your lips to God's ears, buddy. Like Steven book that, write that down, put that in the show notes. Tim Ellie needs to spend six months away from access in order for it to be successful. Uh, we'll talk contract terms when we're done with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do that and uh, go ahead and, and call the, the, have the loony bin delivered to the front door. The loony bin delivered. That's right. And uh, yeah, you did a little bit of fly fishing, right? I did. I did. Yeah. We went down to uh, a small island called Utila. It's off uh, the Honduras, Honduran uh, mainland, about mm. probably 15 miles. And uh, yeah, I did some bone fishing and and uh, went and looked for some permit, which we never had a chance at. And uh, yeah, caught some really cool fish. Sounds like you did a whole lot more fishing than catching. It was, uh, it was tough. It was, we worked really hard for the fish we caught, but that also makes it fun. Absolutely. And what, in fairness, we did get a little bit spoiled by going up and seeing our friends up in, uh, up in Colorado. A little bit. And uh, a little bit that was nearly every every cast there was was a catch, and it wasn't due to well, that was you skip. at the lake that was you at the kitty pond yeah we called it the kitty pond yeah and uh, gosh what what were they called again what, what's the name of that that fishing give give them a shameless plug here on the uh, oh they uh, north what was it North uh, Park North Park yeah seriously North shameless Park plug anglers for them North Park anglers th those Walden guys Colorado fantastic if you can find Walden Colorado on the map the only thing harder than finding Waldo is Walden Walden yeah. Yeah, we highly recommend the motel that's uh, on the side of the road that you can set your chair and watch the across from the cemetery and watch the uh, cars go by. You get serenaded by the cattle trucks in the middle of the night. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I went the opposite direction for spring break. I you went did. up to the, to the Great White North and uh, oh, that's right. Did a little bit of skiing. How was it? Uh, you know, my my back is is okay. My my right leg is is decent. I skied for two and a half days, which is about a half day longer than than I should have. Well, okay, it's about two and a half days longer than I really probably should have. <laughs> in fairness, but uh, the the back actually held up. It held up pretty well. Good. The time I, I got myself in a little bit of trouble. I went down this very probably thigh high mogul black diamond and and realized about eight feet in, I had no business being there. Yeah. Uh, just don't have the flexibility that I once had. So, but you know, just kept it to, to wide open blues and some groomed blacks and had a really, really good time. Yeah. So for everybody that's listening on the podcast right now that thinks I do the stupid things, I'm not the only one. Man, I've got it just in different ways. Like I've got a patent on just doing incredibly stupid, like non self-productive things 
I think that might be a podcast in the future <laughs> that we record and may or may not release. Yeah. You know, we, we talk a whole lot about, you know, tips and tricks from Davin about how to operate a company successfully, but you know, we <laughs> don't we ask him do, about his life. We could do an, an episode on how not to, uh, not to operate your life uh, by Davin Marceau. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should call that before the door and after the door. <laughs> yeah. Access points. Yeah. We, there's, there's some anti-access points thing to talk about there. But actually, it kind of serves as a good segue into the topic we're going to discuss today, Tim. Okay, I'll go with that. And that's legal issues. Oh, yeah. And I know as an owner, that just makes you cringe. It does. It does. They're always expensive endeavors, and there's never anything great that comes of it. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's one of those things that, you know, would you say it's inevitable throughout the course of, oh, yeah. of establishing and growing it's, a business? It's part of business. Yeah. Whether you want it to be or not, it, it's a part of business. Anytime you're involving people. Right. Oh yeah. And emotions. Yeah. People and emotions and, and relationships that get established, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent in right. our organization. And, right. and, you know, I think that extends past just the people we hire, but the people that we work with and as partners, as vendors upstream or downstream too, right? It is. It is. And my story goes back to a multitude of, I say multitude for a lot of people, it's small number, but, uh, you know, several instances where everything from owning an aircraft company that we had a, a plane go down and a lawsuit dealing with that, which was a major, major undertaking to small things like, you know, uh, someone owes you money or they owe you money or whatever it might be and dealing with that. So it, it really can go from very large circumstances and, and scary circumstances to, you know, ones that are just, I guess, a difference of opinion and can't get it settled. And I think the optimal word there's emotion, right? I think yeah. by and large, emotions drive lawsuits and litigation, you know, whether it's to a small extent or a large extent is situationally dependent, but there's always just an incredible emotional charge to whether you're litigating or being litigated against. Right. So let's, let's break that down yeah. and let's talk about, and, the, and to me, they're two almost very different things. Absolutely. And so which one do you want to tackle first? Let's go into, uh, when we decide to litigate against somebody and for our listeners, you know, Tim's been in business for a long time and he's owned several different businesses. And, you know, for me, my context on this is I've in a couple different organizations coming on the tail end of, of inbound litigation and been responsible for a little bit of the cleanup of those things and had the beauty of objectivity other than caring for the company. I had to, I had the ability to see things as they were, mm -hmm. but a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, they're right. owners, and they've never had this happen or they've never wanted to litigate against somebody. So here's, I think you have an incredible story, uh, stories to give in this area and a lot of advice and a lot of wisdom to give to our listeners. So I want to start with what happens as an organization when we decide to litigate and get your expertise and your knowledge on that. Okay, so to me, this one's a little bit easier. And the way we typically dealt with that is, is when we have to choose to litigate it, it's absolutely the last straw, last thing that we wanna do is litigate. And, and there's several reasons why. And you know, the number one reason is no one ever really wins when someone litigates. You know, there may be a result at the end, there may be closure at the end, but the reality is, is no one really comes out the winner. You know, so a lot of today, if I, I'm going to say this up front in the podcast, nothing that I'm about to say is uh, counsel. It's all just my opinion. 
Um, it's important for everybody to know that. If you are thinking about litigating or are being uh, sued by someone else, uh, please go find relevant counsel that can help you walk through the process. So today, what I'm doing is just simply telling you about some of my stories, some of my past, and helping you understand, since we're all about mindsets at access points, of what should your mindset be when mm -hmm. you decide to, A, litigate, or B, you're being litigated against. So we're starting with litigating. So well, the way we look at it is, Communication is the most important part, whether that's a person or another business. What is it that we're trying to accomplish? What is it that we're trying to balance or make right? And the decision has to come from now that we have, you know, good people around that can be balanced is to make the decision amongst several people that this is the only route we have to go to get something settled. So I would say step one, if you feel like you need to litigate is, is go through and, and get with your group of people in your organization or people that you trust and get up on a whiteboard and say, have we done everything we possibly can to resolve this without getting into the legal aspect of it and literally sit down and, and go through the steps you've taken, the potential steps, uh, that could be out there. And with the very last one being contacting your attorney to start litigation. And, and the reason being is that if it's a customer or it's a person, understand that if you go legal, that your relationship with that individual, with that organization, this is the end. So very few times has there been litigation and there hasn't been a, a separation of relationships. You have to know that going in. When you do choose to litigate, it, number one needs to be with the understanding that this is probably the end of the relationship. Secondly, think through and say, is it worth the cost to litigate? What I'm owed, whatever that is, is, is the cost to do this worth the end result? Understand that you're going to talk to counsel and they're going to give you probably a range. This could cost you anywhere between I'm using stupid money, but $5 and $500. It's probably more like $10,000 and half a million dollars, right? Understand that more than likely, you've got to count on the upper end and maybe more. So think to yourself, is it worth this for the time it's going to take, for the effort it's going to take, for the financial uh, aspect of this? Is it worth the result that I'm trying to achieve? And you have to answer that. And Better yet, you need to answer that, not just you yourself, but answer it amongst those people that you trust. Uh, Davin said something earlier that I think is super important, and that is to someone that can be objective about this, even if you have to pull them from the outside to ask those questions, maybe a trusted friend, a mentor. Hey, let me tell you what I've got here. This is the situation. Help me be objective about this, because anytime you go to litigate, you're hurt. You're upset. You feel like you've been wronged for whatever reason. And there's a lot of emotions there. And I can tell you right now, as someone who's dealt with this, those emotions will cost you dearly every single time. And what I mean by that is when you lead by emotions, when you make decisions by your emotions, it doesn't always play well because with the law, there is no emotion. It's typically a yes or no, or this is the law and this is not the law. And it comes down to interpretation. Interpretation has no emotion in it whatsoever. 
So, you know, a lot of us see uh, TV shows and you see trials and you see, you know, the one that's the, the attorney that's the most passionate. It's always the one that wins. Well, that's not the way it really works in the real world. And most of the time it's never going to trial. And if it does, you're in big trouble anyway. So first thing is number one, you know, try to do everything you can to not litigate. But if you do decide you think you're going to litigate, find a trusted person who is objective that can help you think through this and not be emotional. Next step, if you are going to litigate, find an attorney that specializes in whatever litigation that you're going to need. Now, I'm going to equate this a lot to um, a doctor. So we're all familiar with going to a physician. We all have a, typically a lot of us have a general practice physician that we go to. And if we break our foot, you know, typically our general practice uh, physicians, not the one that's going to reset our foot. They're not the one that's going to go through that. It's going to be someone that is a specialist, podiatrist or whatever. How do you find that person? Typically you get a referral by your general of who's a really good one and they send you there. Well, attorneys aren't much different is that you have a lot of specialists that deal in very specific parts of the law, but yet you have a lot of general counsels that deal with, on the service level, all aspects. So whether it's a, a contract that you need looked over, it's a, a will, or whatever general thing you might need an attorney for, always recommend that you have one. Now, I'm not saying that you have to keep one on retainer. Just have one that you use, that you have a relationship with, uh, one that uh, you don't have to go make a connection or develop a relationship when you're just about to have to go to litigation. So having someone that you can call um, and say, hey, let me tell you the situation. Here's where I'm at. You know, what do you recommend? And then get their counsel. And that counsel is going to be, oh, well, I can do that. That's a pretty easy one. Or, wow, that's patent law or that's, you know. Uh, whatever it might be. And that's a very special section of law. Let me recommend so-and-so, so-and-so to you. And let me get, let me pull them into the call or let me send you to them, whatever it may be. So that's what's probably going to happen. If you don't have a general counsel that you use uh, and you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, get one. Find someone that you can have a relationship with. And how do you find that person? Hey, ask other people who are business owners, ask other people who are entrepreneurs who they use. You need someone that understands your life and your world and understands the problems associated with being a business owner or an entrepreneur. And um, they need to specialize in general law according to a small business owner, not a Fortune 500, Fortune 100, not the same, not the same type of a firm. So finding that person, having that person, and then ask them the question, here's how I go about it. The other thing that's going to do for you is having that person that you trust the word you need to start with is I need your counsel and I need you to be honest with me. Right. And getting them to tell you, here's you tell them what the case, you tell them what the situation is and for them to be honest with you. And you have to ask them that you have to say, I need you to be straight up with me because there's a lot of attorneys out there. that are happy to bill you for as much as you want to go with. So in other words, if you're emotional about it and you say, I, you know, this is what we're going to do. And I'm going to take this guy to the bank or oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to, or, you know, you're talking about an attorney that's going to be licking their chops, looking at how many hours they're going to be able to bill off of you. And I'm, and I'm not knocking, if you're an attorney, I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying there's a, there's a vast majority out there that are happy to bill for someone that's passionate and angry and emotional. So you asking the question, can I, you know, I need you to be honest with me. I need you to give me straight feedback. Here's my situation. What do you think I should do? Let them tell you. They know the law. 
or they can research some things about the law, and they're going to give you straight up, here's kind of what your situation is. When they tell you what that is, that's when you have to go back to the people that you trust and say, okay, here's the counsel I have. Let's go through this again. Because now that I have more information, once again, is it worth it for me to do this? Nine times out of 10, what you're going to find is it's not. And you happily pay the one hour or two hours to that attorney um, they took to consult with you. And that's money well spent. If it is that one out of 10, then you know that's where you move forward and just listen to their advice. But as you're going through the process, as you're litigating, continue to ask the question as you go through it and get deeper and deeper into it. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is this that important to me? Because what you're about to go through, if you haven't done this before, is a lot of emotional stress, a lot of financial stress, and it's going to take your mind away from the core part of your business. And that is running your business, growing your business, coming up with ideas of how to get new clients. So you're about to get into a situation that's going to take your mind away from your business. So is it worth it? Sure. And that toll doesn't stop at 5 p.m. when you leave. It doesn't, it doesn't wait for you to return to the office in the morning. That emotional, physical toll follows you home. It does. And it will inevitably impact the relationships with your loved ones there as well, because you're, you're talking about some serious impact that you're having and potential financial impact that you're right. going to have as well, too, that, again, it doesn't impact you from the office hours of 8 to 5. Right. 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 It stays with you. Yeah. And I've been listening to you and I've been listening for some really key words. And I keep hearing you say the word emotion, mm-hmm. emotional. Mm-hmm. And that is such a key driver, like we said at the beginning for this whole thing. And another key point there too, is that you said that nobody wins in litigation. Nobody wins in a lawsuit. Nobody truly wins. Yeah. Lawyers win. Oh, they do. Lawyers win. They do. Right. And, And that's where, you know, for me as the operator of the company, everything's a negotiation, even in an incredibly contentious borderline litigation relationship. I feel that I can pull most things out of the fire through solid communication, through solid negotiations with my counterpart. Let's say it's a client that wants money back or a client that stiffed us for money. And so we're, we're going to come after them litigation wise is maintaining those open lines of communication with the person that you're considering litigation against is important because it's, it's important to note that as much as you don't want to go through the hard cost and the opportunity cost and the emotional cost of litigation, they want the same thing. They don't want it in their life as well. They don't. Right. So always leaving that Avenue, always leaving that open because to your point, Tim, it becomes incredibly dangerous once you use the words sue, yeah. litigate, yeah. lawyers, legal, and those are trigger words, right? Yeah. Because as they're trigger words for you, they're trigger words for your counterpart. Right. And big bricks get put up immediately when you start using those words. And so, you know, be careful, strip the emotions away from it and assess from a hard cost perspective, you know, this customer, this vendor owes me 50 grand. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's it going to cost me? You right, know, is right. it? Am I doing this because I'm prideful? Because I'm pissed, and I want to. Sh- I want to show them that that this is not the way that we do business. Because oftentimes you're going to find out that that fifty grand that you're going to get back is going to be heavily offset by the hundred grand. And sure, right. you can counter sue for legal fees as well. But you know, we've seen that it doesn't always work out that way. So you could easily find yourself upside down in that legal situation super quick because you drove with your emotions rather than with your head or your pocketbook. Right. And and the other part of that is, is stop and think about your reputation. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a, an industry where a lot of people know, everyone knows each other in the industry. If you start to litigate several times, you're going to get a reputation for someone who litigates. And when you're trying to build trust with potential new clients, that doesn't help. Sure. And 
it's a big business world, but every environment gets real niche real quick and people know each other, you know, even we're in the healthcare IT world, but you know, within the sphere of what it is that we do within healthcare IT, we know our competitors, we know our clients, we know our potential clients and, and word will spread and your reputation will precede you. And you will have people that will refuse to do business with you, be it from a customer, from a partner, from a vendor, whatever angle, because they know that you're prone to litigate when you're upset. And Google searches pull that up. Sure, they do. And another point that I wanted to make as well is you touched on having a relationship with your counsel. And that's something we've been pretty intentional about here. And the way that I do it is, you know, I'm the one that interfaces with with the legal team for the most part because Tim I wonder just why. loves, loves lawyers. Um, if anybody wants, just pick up the phone, call Tim if you're a lawyer and have a quick conversation with him. He'd love hey, that. They're not the worst. They're not the worst. They're right behind bankers. <laughs> That's, there's another podcast, another topic for you. But in anyway, what I do is is almost treat one of our, our basically our general counsel as another team member. Right. I update him and keep him abreast and informed of some of the strategic level changes that we're making inside of the organization. And it's not to brag, it's not to do anything other than keep him up to date on where we are and our growth, where we are as a company. So if I come to him for legal advice, I'm not paying for the hours to give him context. And, and he's not having to pull that out of me. He knows because we stay updated. I go have lunch with him every couple of months at his office and we just sit down and talk and we update him on what's going on in various, various aspects of the business. And so when I come to him for counsel, I'm getting accurate, concise, less expensive, real life legal counsel that's given to me that I can take and, and, and run with it. So that is huge. Yeah. That general counsel, if you're a 10 person organization or you're a hundred person organization, is very different how they're going to react to you and what the way they're going to see litigation or a lawsuit that comes to you. They're going to see it very different because where you are in your stage of business and who you are is very important because they need to know that information mm -hmm. in order to know what's important. And that's the only way they're going to be able to tell you, hey, if you're a 10, 10 person organization and you're talking about doing some litigation, let me tell you something, that's gonna be expensive. And the first question that they need to be able to ask you is, I need you to understand the cost associated with this. And you know, when you start hearing these numbers, that could be upwards of what you pull from the business every year. So is it that important that you're willing to give up what you pull from the business every year to go after this, you know, with the chance that you may not get it? That's important for your counsel to understand where you are. So that's, I think that's super important. And we didn't do that really until you came here. And that's been very, very good, very helpful. And the last thing that I'll say before we, before we move on to something else is, if you don't have HR counsel, you'd get better it. get it. Get it now. You'd better get it. And in terms of even more than just a generalist, but your employee handbook, boy, you better have legal counsel review that because that will come back and bite you with a quickness. Not that it has me. Yeah, no, ask me how I know, right? Yeah. So Tim, it suffice to say that when you're considering litigation, it's a scary, emotional time full of trepidation. It is. And the stress is, should I do this or not? Mm -hmm. And that's really where the stress, and once you pull it off, then that's where our additional point of contention is. As you see the bills rise, the decision you made to go ahead, you really can't back from it. You can't go back. Sure. And there's a little bit of a benefit to that because you're on your toes at this point. You're the one that's choosing to move forward with this litigation, with this lawsuit. You've decided the juice is worth the squeeze, so you move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing scarier than deciding to litigate is when that courier shows up in the office. And, yeah, and he, all of a sudden, he, you have to sign for paperwork that says, 
you are being sued. Right. So let's go into that a little bit because yeah. I think that's where some genuine fear and genuine emotion rise in those initial moments of you've been sued. Right. Yeah. And, and there's, and there's, when that happens, there's usually two scenarios. One is sometimes you know it's coming. And then there's the one, the times that you don't know it's coming. And you know, when you know it's coming, there's emotions and stress about that where, you know, you've tried to negotiate or you've tried to talk through this and it's just, you know, neither one of you can budge. And, you know, when someone knocks on your door or somebody shows up and they're serving you papers and you have to sign for those, it's something that you dread and it's something you hope wouldn't happen. But when it does, you feel like it's uh, inevitable. And the document that you're holding at that point in time feels like it weighs 500 pounds. So if you haven't been through this before, so I'm going to start, start off by saying this. If you haven't been through that before, there's a really good chance in your business career, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, whatever, that it will happen to you. It's inevitable. It will happen to you. So one of the reasons I wanted to do this today is, is to help you think through before it actually happens, what am I going to do and how am I going to react to this? So what's going to be my mindset when I get served? When I get sued, what's going to be my mindset? And I can tell you that the first time it happens to you, you're going to get flushed. You're going to feel all the blood run out of your head, or it's all going to run to your head, which when it does with you. And, uh, and you're going to sit down and you're going to put your hands on your head and you're going to say, why me? And what is this thing? And you're going to stop whatever you're doing, however important it is. And you're going to start reading this thing, finding out what it's about and why and the whole bit. So let me, let me give you some advice. The first thing when that happens is stop what you're doing, take time, breathe, relax. Let me tell you something. It's never as bad as you think it is. Okay. And one of the reasons you're so scared is because you don't know what to do next. You don't know the relevance of this. You don't know um, what it's going to take. You don't know what the outcome will be. It's a lot of risk and uncertainty. And that uncertainty is what's throwing you for a loop. So stop and understand there's counsel out there that can help you. So hopefully by this time you have counsel that can guide you. If not, ask your friends, go find one and sit down when you have time and read through what, what the situation is. Okay. Be sure to read. There's a, there's going to be a response time that's required of you to respond back at a certain point in time. The only thing that you need to worry about at this point is that date. That's the only thing you have to worry about is that date. So when you talk to counsel, they're going to ask for a copy of it and tell them what that date is. Once you get counsel and you, and they see what the lawsuit is and they see that date, my recommendation is let them do their job, okay? Talk through it with them, let them look at it, let them research it, but that's where you need to stop stressing and let that go and understand that you have someone that's gonna take over this and it's gonna handle it for you. Now, you're gonna be involved and there's a lot of time and there's gonna be a lot of money. Okay, you're right, but it may not be what you think it is. It may not be that bad. So don't think the worst, which is what we always do, and think it's some terrible, horrible, you know, million dollar amount, which hopefully it's not. But even if it is, you know, really think through that and talk through that with your counsel. Don't stress about it on your own. Let them look at it. And nine times out of 10, they're going to come back and say, oh, well, it's this. 
this is what the situation is. And you're going to tilt your head and look at them like, wow, that's it. That's what they're upset about. And more than likely at that point in time, your attorney can talk to their attorney, figure out really what the situation is, and try to come to some type of a resolution um, before you actually have to go to court. Okay, so that's the best case scenario. And most of the time, understand that these things work themselves out before it ever goes to court. So understand also, the faster it gets worked out, the cheaper it's going to be. Because for every time your attorney picks up the phone and talks to you, or talks to them, or writes a letter, that's a bill. Right. So you can get a, you're going to start getting bills for this and those things add up, which kind of an offshoot of that. If you weren't aware there is insurance out there that you can take, and it's really not that expensive that helps cover you up to a certain level, depending on what you buy. I mean, for, for the level of insurance that you get that will cover you in these cases up to a certain point. Um, it's not that expensive. And as your business grows, highly recommend that you look into that. Um, we had that on our last one and it was very beneficial and very helpful and helped saved us hundreds of thousands of dollars. So now that you've been sued, you've been served, you've looked over it, you see what the date is, call your counsel. Um, they're going to ask for a copy of it and let them look at it, review it. They're going to have a call with you, review what it is, talk through it. Um, this is kind of what I think it is. Um, boy, I'm not a specialist in this, but I know somebody who is. One thing to do is at that point in time for the first couple of meetings, trust your counsel. If they start telling you this is a really big thing and this is going to take a long time and this is going to cost you a lot of money, recommendation at that point in time is get a second opinion. That happened to us. We had general counsel and we had a lawsuit and I felt like I was right. And I went to the attorney and I said, hey, this is crazy and this is stupid and we're right and they're wrong and, you know, I'm not. I'm not settling this. What I was counting on them to say is, well, based on this, this is what I see. And their first response was, let me get that to a litigator or someone that can, that can help you, a specialist in our firm that does uh, litigation or defense. And, uh, and so they get this person on the phone and the first words is, let's fight this. And looking at the time, it's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah, let's go get them. You know, yeah, I'm not going to take this. Let's go get them. Looking back, what I wish they would have said is, hey, let me look into this a little bit more and let me look at the laws and let me tell you what kind of shot do I think we really have. We went all the way to federal court with one. And Davin, you, when you came to work here, you were involved in the back end I'm of that. Once, it, once it was already kind of somewhat done, there was a lot of money still involved left to settle. But looking back, I wish they would have said, let me look into it a little bit more and let me give you the real possibilities of what this could be. And I'm not sure you're not 100% wrong. I'm not sure that the party that's suing you doesn't have some validity to it. I wish they would have said that. That would have saved me about half a million dollars. Yeah. And just for a real quick piece of perspective on this, we don't need to get into overall numbers, but the amount that we were sued for that went to the individual was about 7% of the overall bill. Right. So when you go back and talk about who wins yeah. in litigation, it's the attorneys. Yeah. 7%. Is, is, is what went to this individual of yeah. the overall bill. Which is really sad too, because I think that person, if they would have had to do it again, do it over again, they wouldn't have done it. Because for the money that they got from it, it wasn't worth the hassle. It wasn't worth the emotional stress. All the time they spent, I mean, literally spent time in, uh, you know, with subpoenas and sitting in federal court in front of a federal judge uh, at a town that's way away. Uh, you know, there's, that's a lot of effort. 
And uh, I think if they had to do it again, they wouldn't do it. Sure. And you get into the emotional side of things and your the lid of your entire life is ripped off. And they're not just, again, concerned about what you do from eight to five in the office. You know, your personal life is getting, is getting picked apart. Your, your independent decisions are getting, are getting um, scrutinized. So, you know, that's a big angle of it too, is <laughs> you better decide if you want your entire life picked apart because they're not right. just going to leave it at, at professional relationships. Oh, no. It's going personal. Yeah. Cause that's the way that that's the way litigation works. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, what I wish they would have done is I wish they would have told me, let me look into this and here's what I really see. What I wish also I would have done is went and got a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, if I would have talked to someone that was a specialist in this case, an HR, uh, HR attorney, they would have told me really quick, that there's a lot of gray area at that time in the law with that. And I was thinking that my side was more dark gray than light gray. And the person on the other side was thinking they were more dark gray than light gray. And in the middle, there was this thing. And um, it wasn't that. So now it's much more clear. There's been cases, but at the time, there was no federal case law on this issue. The laws were fairly new. So I think that our attorney had a little bit of stars in their eyes thinking we can go make a federal case and uh, we can win this thing and I can have my name, you know, and I can be big. And uh, I'm not sure. I'm just guessing. But a nice person, seriously, good person and and probably a good attorney. But uh, I didn't feel like we were served really well with that. So looking back, I wish I would have gotten a second opinion. So one of the recommendations I have is when you're, when you get sued and you get an answer from your attorney of this is what I think it is. Don't be afraid to go out there and get a second opinion, just like a physician. Hey, you have this disease, you know, I hear you and I believe you, but I'd love to go get a second opinion. And you know, it, it's not going to hurt the doctor's feelings for you to do that because they feel like for liability, they need an, for you to get a second opinion sometimes too. Sometimes they'll recommend you go get a second opinion. Don't be afraid to do things, do the same thing on the legal end. Um, if you, if you get sued and you go talk to your attorney and they think it's going to be this, go get a second opinion, even if it costs you a thousand dollars, $1,500, whatever the number is, get a second opinion as of what they should, what they think. Number one's going to either tell you that, Hey, you know what? You've got a really conservative attorney already and they're the ones you could go with, or you kind of look at your original attorney and say, Hmm, they're saying it's going to cost me this and I should go after them or I should go back after them or, you know, whatever the case is really get, get back with, you know, go back to a mentor, go back to someone who's objective and look at this thing and say, Hey, you know, should we just try to write a check and be done with this now? Or are we going to fight this? Understand that if you fight this and you can, is that it's going to be very costly. And, um, you know, the outcome doesn't always land in your favor, even though you think it will. Yeah. The beauty of objectivity to talk to somebody and be like, okay, so is this worth the cost? Right. And and if I, you know, it's easy for me to come in an armchair quarterback situations like that, but, but I, you know, who knows if I would have come in, start, you know, head started when we're in the middle of it or in the beginning of it, you know, blend that view of objectivity and be like, hey, hey boss, maybe, maybe we should pump the brakes on the emotions on this one and, and cut sling load and save a little bit of money on it. Um, yeah, that'd been good. Sure. But, in, in, but again, you can't, you can't armchair quarterback stuff like that. And there's so much detail and greater context to those situations because for us in that situation it was a precedent setter what happens if you settle on this what happens on the tail end of that right. there's there's so much complexity to it there is. and and that's where you know getting that counsel and having the counsel that really understands your business as well and, and you'll know, go back to having that real solid relationship with your general counsel 
they're going to guide you in the right direction right. because they know, they know what you have. They know your business and how profitable you are. They know, you know, they, again, they, they have perspective on your company and can set you up for success and more importantly, avoid you falling into the trap of failure. And understand this too, you know, they're a business person just like you. Sure. And so they're looking at what's their revenue stream. And so, you know, they would rather you give you really good information and not, make $150,000 on you through this legal process and keep you as general counsel and make $250,000 over a period of 15, 20 years and be a client for a long time than they would getting a one-time $100,000 check, right? So that's the other reason to have someone you trust is they see you in the for the long term and not just a one-time paycheck. Yep. Because that's you can be seen as that pretty easy. Absolutely. I think that's a good place to wrap this up. You know, when you think about things that will keep you awake at night as a business owner or yeah. just a professional in general, you know, you, you think of traumatic events like divorce, death, you know, I think litigation, just the threat of that, let alone the process of it is right up there with those things as far as what's going to cause you a tremendous amount of turmoil, right. you know, so do your best to take the emotion out of it, especially if you're considering the litigation aspect, strip away the emotion and sit on it for a little while and really be able to assess not just the hard costs, but the opportunity costs, those soft costs of how it's going to affect not just your life, but the lives of the ones that you love as you're going through this process. Right. And the business effect it's gonna have as well. And um, you know the fallout of vendor relationships, the fallout of partner relationships, the fallout of employee relationships. They'll be able to do a thorough analysis of that. And I think that will give you a little bit of objectivity when it comes to making the decision of whether you're going to do the litigation or when you get litigated against, are you going to pay out? Are you going to cut sling load? Or are you going right. to fight this thing through to the end? Right. Yeah. And, and the key to that, if you, if, if you get served, and if you don't remember anything out of this podcast but this, when you get served, don't flip out. Don't freak out. It's going to be okay. That's what counsel's there for. Let them guide you and talk you through it. Every time that's happened to me, when I get with the attorneys and find out what the real situation is and what the steps are, it always helps me de-stress and think through these things as steps. So it's going to be okay. At the end, you're going to be fine. Just get someone to help you make some good decisions good. I think it's a good place to stop. And again, one last disclaimer, this is not legal advice. No, my no. goodness. This is not Marceau and Elliot Esquire attorneys at law. This is just a business owner has been doing this for a long time. And a guy who's been on the tail end of some carnage when it comes to, to business litigation, giving you anecdotes, giving you stories, giving you our perspective on what it is that we think you could do before, during and after to minimize the impact that it's going to have on your life. Right? Agree. And for our listeners, again, we always appreciate it. This is certainly a tough topic to talk about, but something that's important. You know, go to our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter. Connect with us somehow, somewhere, some way. Give us some constructive feedback for how we can continue to make the Access Points podcast better for you. Tim, I appreciate your time. We'll talk soon. Thanks, sir.